I'm one with the Force. The Force is with me, and boy, it was the Force with this movie. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Star Wars Review. Today, we're talking Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Pretty, I would say, mostly universally loved movie in the Star Wars fandom. We'll talk about some of the nitty-gritty here momentarily. I'm Josiah Leroy with me. We've got a full house today. Look at this. Beautiful Star Wars loving geeks. John Fick, Mr. Baba Yaga. You ready to talk some Rogue One? Save the rebellion. Save the dream. Freaking love it. Goosebumps. JT. It's uh, Rogue One is what Star Wars is supposed to be. How you doing? I'll let that pass. Because <laughs> you're not wrong. Tim Talbot. Rogue One. I'm I'm super excited. I have uh, a pretty I think a different take than all of you on all this because this movie hit much differently for me this time around than it did last time, and I will explain why in a little while. Stay tuned. Well then. <laughs> see what that means thanks if you're tuning in live at twitch.tv slash the geekivers we are done talking sabers for a little bit this is great you tuned in and you're like why are they talking about hockey don't worry we'll talk about it after the show again i'm sure we will anyway john loving the hat beautiful stuff uh again twitch.tv slash the geekivers whether you're watching it back later on at youtube.com slash the geekivers or listening on podcast services around the globe guys who do you think is on my rogue one steelbook oh i can't answer i have it John? Okay, JT, who do you think's on it? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's not Jin, right? Well, we'll it, wait. Ca- Is that your guess? Cassian. We're gonna let you Cassian. Cassian. Cassian's your guess? Mm-hmm. All right, Tim, Tim, who do you think's on it? Oh, K3. Shoot. <laughs> K3? Got a bump, got a promotion. <laughs> K2. Uh, I'm going to take a, a wild guess here and just say Vader. I don't know. They love right. Vader. That'd be a hell of a so spoiler. JT thinks it's it's <laughs> K3. I like that a lot. Sorry, K2. Um, K2SO. Well, it's arguably the main character of the movie in the background. It's the Death Star, but it's also the Death Trooper. So, sorry. Ooh, cool. Oh, so that, uh, that. For, open that one. That's sweet. The inside is sick. I've, if you have... Do you have the 3D or the regular? I have the 3D. Open it. So, see, here's some of the discs. Show you those. Love oh. that one. I think our inside is different. I think the outside's the same, but the inside is different. I'm, I'm pretty sure mine is like the beach of Scarif, and they're and they're walking across it like as a, a wider shot. Yeah, I've got all the characters. Mm, interesting. Or the main character, so to speak. That's so but, neat. Uh, it's funny. What, so when this came out, uh, or was about to come out on home and digital for the Geekiverse, we wrote like a fun article just for the heck of it, like five characters we'd want to see, like be because you know how all the rest of them have like this uniform. There's one face on them. This was like the one that didn't. It's fine. But like my sister Jamie and I, we basically started like making up these Photoshop designs. She made up some really cool ones. So you, you can still check out that article if you search Rogue One Steelbook at thegeekiverse.com. But kind of fun uh, to go through that. Anyway, the first anthology film, the first film that's not in the mainline Star Wars saga. This was meant to kick off a series of anthology movies. Well, a few things happened. We, we got a movie such as Solo. We got the divisive movie that is The Last Jedi. Disney decided to take a break, and then, oh, by the way, Disney Plus came along. So now we've got uh, a bunch of different Star Wars series in development. But an interesting time. I think no other Star Wars movie was set up for more success, maybe outside of the original trilogy, than Rogue One. You get Force Awakens back in 2015. uh, The hype around it is off the charts. Just a year later, you're getting Rogue One. And, by the way, it's also tied very closely to the original Star Wars trilogy and the original film in A New Hope from a sights, sound, and narrative era. So 
Lots of good stuff there. What a success it was. John, why don't we go to you first? Why don't you give us your, your 101 thoughts on Rogue One as a whole? So, so Tim, I hate to, I, I hate to steal your thunder if I, if I do here because I think we might be in a similar boat. Um, I saw Rogue One when it first came out in theaters, day one. I saw it the next day again. That's my Star Wars tradition or in MCU at this point now, too, is I watch, a, watch it at release night, and then I try to go to the next day again if I can to get those uh, those viewings in. And then I I bought the, the Steelbook uh, Blu-ray when it came out, and those are the only three times I've seen Rogue One. So twice in theaters, bought the Steelbook, watched it right when it came home. When Rogue One came out, I was all systems go on Episode Seven. Because we were still pre-episode eight, so all I cared about in Star Wars is who is Rey, what's going on with Kylo Ren, where is Luke, or not where is Luke, but what's this interaction going to be with Luke? Like, what is happening in this new world? They they asked so many awesome questions in Episode Seven that that's all I cared about. And I went to see Rogue One, and I'm like, this was really cool. Like, this was a good movie. Like, I really enjoyed this. What a fun way to, to to tie us back into the original trilogy. I didn't think they'd do that back then. I thought Disney was going to be, you know, you know, all eyes forward, not looking back, not showing us Darth Vader doing the stuff like that. I'm like, really cool. Like, awesome. That, that was fun. People were blown away by it, and I was kind of surprised. I'm like, okay, those are, you know, those are your hardcore Star Wars fans. It's it's more of a more of a note to the originals. That's cool. Um, so so 20 was this 2016, right? You said was the rogue one. 2016, John was like just whelmed by it. It was good. It was fun. 2022, John, having watched The Mandalorian and since the, since then watched uh, uh, all of the Clone Wars and most of Rebels and, and, and being fascinated with Star Wars on a whole different level, re-watching this movie again, holy shit, like, Rogue One is so freaking good. Like, it is such a good movie. It hits so much differently not being fascinated by those answers by episode seven. And that's all I care about in star Wars is like what's happening with Ray and, and, and all this stuff, like just coming at it from just the, a, the, a fresh perspective and, and having watched so much more in star Wars stuff and just getting more gross in the franchise, playing a game like, uh, by, um, uh, Jedi fallen order that kind of is in the same time period. Like, dude, th- this movie is freaking awesome. So, John, you had me worried there for a second, but happy to hear that that ended nicely in terms of my I was completely confused. <laughs> uh, well done. You, you kept us guessing the whole time. Why don't we go over to Tim then? Because we John's at least thinking maybe they're they're on a similar wavelength. Uh, Tim, Actually, what do you think no. of Rogue One? Oh, interesting. So, yeah, mine. you'll never guess mine. Mine's so off the wall, different. So, obviously, you have the main thing for me. Phenomenal movie. Shortly after this, I played Fallen Order like John said, which is a great movie, or a great movie, great game. Mm-hmm. But that's not the thing that got me. So uh, what actually came out was uh, Mads Mikkelsen. So uh, does anyone know what came out recently that he was in? Was Death Stranding. Mm-hmm. And I was infatuated with him. I thought he played such a phenomenal character in Death Stranding, and I loved him. And I forgot that he was in this movie. So just like seeing his acting and seeing him in this movie, I was like, this is awesome. Like this brought back so much memories for me. It really got me involved in it, which is kind of, like I said, a little off the wall, but just the whole overall thing. I just feel like it's such a different movie than a lot of the normal Star Wars movies. It's just a different tone. You know, I still have a little, you know, complaints about the way it ends, but I like how it ends. I'm just not happy about it. You know what I mean? So interesting. I think that's like yeah. one of my favorite parts. Oh, I love it. I love the ending. I'm just, I'm like physically not happy. Like, I don't Uh, want that to happen. You know what I mean? Sure. So, not that it's a bad thing. It just, you know, makes me sad. So, because you really fall in love with the characters throughout the movie. Um, And I absolutely love The Forces One with me. And I love that, like, that whole thing just amazing. So, I loved it, though. But I really, 
just playing Death Stranding and Fallen Order before that, after seeing the movie and then watching that. And this was actually one of the only movies I saw in theaters. So this did this did a lot and it had a lot to establish in a short period of time. So they, they had to really introduce all these characters, new planets, and bring it back into a, a quick story while wrapping it up towards a new hope, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim, what's funny is Lauren loves Mads Mickelson, like huge oh, fan. So, so that was a like a, a big attraction for her as well. And Mads hit, he was on fire, right? Death Stranding comes out uh, three years after this movie. Um, Doctor Strange comes out. A mm-hmm. month before this, so he he's on fire. He's he's always been around, right? But yeah. like in terms of geek culture, he was really kind of he was in a different realm there. Uh, played a great role in this movie, of course. JT, thoughts on Rogue One? So back when I first watched it, <laughs> I was really I, I was kind of on the same boat as John. Maybe not as interested because I maybe wasn't a franchise. Um, the only thing I really thought of was like, oh, the Vader scene, the Vader scene, and I never really put and connected the dots. And I don't know, I, I've been on many of the episodes for this for this podcast, but um, my hottest take of all hot takes is I'm not really the biggest fan of the original trilogies. Like as far, I've, so I've grown to love them more because of the surrounding content that's come out since, right? Both post and pre-original uh, trilogy. And having had all that new content and things kind of surrounding it and watching it now, and probably, you know, I've watched it a few times before this, right? But um, just, just getting those things in context, like I, I, I love it. I mean, it is. It brought a combo of nostalgia, but also freshness, right? Like, I felt like I knew who these characters were, maybe because, more like Tim said, kind of knew what was going to happen, right? There was an end game here, no pun intended. And, uh, like, at the same time, you know, it was still fresh. You know, the characters were, were deep. Um, I loved uh, Cassian as a character, and, you know, um, you know, they always have the, the witty droid that's always there, right? You know, the, the K2 uh, droid was, you know, K3? No, you had it. Sorry. No, it's K2. K2. He was, he was pulling it's your K2. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Don't mess me up. I, I, I <laughs> Come on, man. No, so, but but honestly, that like it, it is an extremely fresh take on the Star Wars franchise, but also made me love the pre- original trilogy that much more. Dude, it... We're going to talk about it in my notes in a little bit, but like we go through this and the sights and sounds are very, very much meant to call you right back to a new hope. And I think for the most part, they really do a good job of that. So I think to uh, jump off of what you're saying, JT, they do that while really finding a way to make it fresh, but it's got to incorporate, right? It's so close to a new hope. So not an easy task. And uh, this this went through some extensive uh, rewrites and reshoots closer to the release than they were probably comfortable with but it ended up working out very well and i think early on maybe in the movie some of that is kind of clear uh there's so many cuts and you're going to like five different planets in like three and a half minutes like there's a lot going on but at the end of the day it works uh so in just a moment we're, we're going to talk about box office numbers we're going to watch the trailer together the first trailer for rogue one uh my 101 on the movie it, you know you all know i love star wars so much right you, you've heard me say that probably maybe no. not anyway uh so yeah Rogue One, oh my gosh, coming off of the high that was uh, The Force Awakens, by the way, the number one ranked movie in the Star Wars reviewed rankings. Um, yeah, so uh, Rogue For, One, it true. was currently very true. Rogue One was so special because it was the next stepping stone. It was almost like the holdover till, like John said, the anticipation for episode eight. What was it going to be? All these answers that we were left hanging with after episode seven and the excitement of how good a lot of people like John and I thought that movie was. It's like, I I don't know. Rogue one was the perfect 2016 movie to wait 
and be kind of in the middle of the episode seven and eight sandwich. Um, and uh, I, I love so much about the movie, whether it was the the cast of characters. You've got a lot of primary characters there that work out really well. Felicity Jones as Jen Erso is outstanding to me from a Star Wars standpoint. Of course, you tie in your, your Darth Vader. You get a really nice Ben Mendelsohn performance there uh, as director Krennic. You get some interesting CG choices like, oh, man, uh, John Krennic, you want to talk about? Yeah, with Krennic, like, <laughs> obviously, it's like the first time I've rewatched this movie since seeing Captain Marvel. I cannot stop hearing Talos. I can't. It's all yeah. I hear is Talos. And I'm like, dude, does he have the prosthetics on right now? Why does he sound like Talos so much right now? <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. I- Krennic's definitely got a cat, right? <laughs> yeah, for so, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but just all of this was so special to me. And we'll talk about also our first viewing on this. Uh, but we'll talk about box office numbers here. 2016, this release is almost exactly a year after The Force Awakens. Unprecedented for Star Wars because the movies always came out three years apart. Back to back, you're getting them two almost in the same year. Insane. Well, did pretty damn well. This one... Uh, any guesses to where this one landed? Tim, why don't we start with you from a oh, monetary man. standpoint? We're going to set the table with you. Mm, what do we do? 800 million? I don't know. I'm taking a wild guess. Okay. Uh, JT, let's go. 2016. 2016. Did it cross a billy? You tell me. I think it crossed a billy. I'm a, I don't have a number, but it crossed a billy. Okay, so a million and change, John. A billion change, yeah. Billion change, yeah. Uh, one point one. All right, this did one billion fifty-six million fifty-seven thousand. Oh come Ooh. on, Price is Right, I lose. Dang it. Ooh. So uh, yeah, this started the streak here for Star Wars, and you know, obviously, we know Marvel was was doing a lot of the same. So that did really well. This was the same thing, kind of as John. I opening night, got to go see it the next day, and then I think it's a bunch of jokes. Did you say the budget on there? Uh, that no, I don't have that information. Okay, okay. gotcha, gotcha. Um, at least, at least I, two. I, I have bet. no idea. At least two hundred. My guess. Mm-hmm. I, I would have to safely guess that. Yes, good profit. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> these are. Yeah. That's all right. Don't this, have to worry about this was money in the these. bank. A very quick return on investment yeah. for the Star Wars franchise Fast. for I mean, Disney. You know, yeah. Force Awakens does two. This one uh, actually, Force Awakens. No, yeah, it was two. This one was one. Last Jedi will get to, but it did a lot. Uh, so there was a lot going on there. Solo, not so much, but hey. But I was just going to bring that up. Even, even so, Solo still made its money back in the end some. It's like these, these movies don't have to worry about making their money back. They, they could do what we were talking about earlier with Thor, not release a trailer, be a bad movie, and still make enough to make their money back on these movies, just off brand recognition alone. For sure. It what feels like the, the billion dollars uh, box office mark is is like, okay, you don't release a trailer, you know nothing about the movie, it probably gets there if it's Star Wars or Marvel nowadays. Yeah. But where these really go crazy, like a no, uh, a Spider-Man No Way Home, or Endgame. go back to... Yeah, yes, or, or Force Awakens is the hype. It's the third and fourth time people go to watch those movies because they right. can't get enough of it. Uh, mm. Fun times, as fans, as always. But uh, John, if you're ready, I'm going to pass it over to you so we can just uh, watch this trailer together. Let's do it. You guys got it ready? Good to go. I'm, I'm yes, ready. All right. One second. Where is right here? All right. Go for it. State your name for the record. Jin Urso. 
forgery of imperial documents, possession of stolen property, aggravated assault, resisting arrest. On your own from the age of 15, reckless, aggressive, and undisciplined. This is a rebellion, isn't it? I rebel. We have a mission for you. A major weapons test is imminent. We need to know what it is and how to destroy it. Is that clear? Yes, sir. What will you do when they catch you? What will you do if they break you? If you continue to fight, awesome yeah so a couple of takeaways from that so first of all the reshoots are very evident you, you can see that that conversation with mon motha was not the conversation that we got and that mm. wasn't that wasn't trailer trickery like they that okay they reshot that dude real quick so she says i rebel there and i just was like oh my gosh it's it's so perfect like gigaverse we made a shirt out of it <laughs> and it never she, made the she never said it yeah. no no it's so yeah. funny uh but yeah re, re, reshoots definitely evident another thing is that that's evident is like the music changed for sure so like the, the the part part of the part of the uh the issues with the production of this movie were the fact that who who did the original score it wasn't john williams who did the original score so the from the final product that well, we I, saw that was Okay, go ahead. Yeah, it was it was Michael Giacchino. His name is. He's done Giacchino. JJ Abrams calls him that, and it was kind of a joke. Uh, Got it. Anyway, sure. He does tons, tons of movies. Like Google it; it's unreal. He did. Uh, uh, doc- no, never mind. Go ahead. No, you are you are correct. Doctor Strange, right? Doc- yeah, 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 sir. Before he came in, and he came in late. I cannot recall who did it. They had another composer, and something didn't work out. Yeah, so so so, uh, so what the the, re- the reshoots were the issue. So they, they had the movie scored and everything like that, and they did so many reshoots that the original composer could not come back to rescore the movie. So they had okay. to go with G- uh, Michael Giacchino, and um, he, he was just rapping on Doctor Strange. So he had to do all of the music in like two and a half weeks or something stupid like that. I forget about it. I just like, I was just reading into it. It was like ridiculous. He had to score this, this, this movie in like a really, really crunch period of time. Um, that being said, I thought the music in this movie is fantastic. I really, really enjoy it. I remember some of the, some of the, like the initial, you know, initial takes from it. It's like, oh yeah, it's not John Williams. Like there's a difference there. I don't know. I thought Giacchino did a really good job. Um, but just based on this trailer, you can tell that there was a difference between the score because that was not the vibe we got from, from his, uh, from his score in this movie. Right. Yeah, let's, let's talk about that real quick. Uh, obviously, the first non-John Williams movie here, so that that's so uh, I don't want to say sensitive, but like it, it's sensitive material to pass off to someone else. And John, thank you for sharing that. Totally forgot any of that happened. Uh, 
with him coming in, but like he did a pretty I, good dude, job. I would I would tell you right now, like if you if you had somebody watch this movie and didn't tell them that John Williams didn't score it, and be like, how did John Williams do it? The first spinoff movie of Star Wars, but like oh, they would say like oh yeah, what a, what an interesting you know what a good score from John Williams. What a, what a different what a different take. I thought that I thought it was such a like a really really good and it's very clearly a spinoff. Like everything is different. Everything's yeah. everything's a different. It's either minor when it shouldn't be or it's major when it shouldn't be. It's it's just different, right? But I thought that he did a great job. Like the even just the the Rogue One title scene when they hit that high note. Like that's just a really really cool role. Like that's a really cool take on like the Star Wars. I don't know. I, I thought I, I thought it was I'm awesome. with you. I I was a traditionalist at first, and I was like, it, it's fine, but it's grow. It grew on me quickly after that. And you're right. When that Rogue One logo shows, that's that's such a high point. Yeah. Um, but he he nails it where it counts, right? The, I don't want to say there's filler material, but it's it's. To me, it's definitely not John Williams. And that's not to say that it's not as good, really. It's just, it's different, and that's fine. It's an anthology movie. It's supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, the, the other thing Michael's done, so he worked with J.J. Uh, Abrams on the Star Trek trilogy. Flashes of that come out from time to time if you saw those movies. Uh, anyway, I know we got off a little bit there. Talking back to the trailer. Tim, what, what did you think of what we just saw there? I liked it. I think it... I like uh, the mood it sets. I think it's... Uh... I love when you slowly get like an escalating trend throughout the movie. Like it starts slow and it's like you start to see all the stuff that goes down throughout the movie. Right. I just love when a trailer does that because I feel like it's such a good build up. I do have um, a more big note about the trailer when you're done, Tim. Why okay. don't want to lose it. But but yeah, that's uh, that's my big thing. I I liked it. I thought it was good. I thought it, you know, set the trend of the movie and I kinda like how they did it. So this, this was the Yeah. So the, the the first thing I wanted to say that I forgot about because I we went into the music that freaking siren I remember when yeah. that when that when that teaser first came out everyone was like what are they thinking it it's yeah. annoying like it's it's not a good it choice it, like it's very loud and like it starts to fade away okay all right it's fading away and they bring it right back up I'm like dude what are you doing that that siren is a little a little mm-hmm. weird totally and like I get it it makes sense for like the panic but like it's too loud <laughs> yeah maybe tone it down just you know a little it's make it a background loud. noise and not like uh overpowering everything yeah it's bad Def- definitely another star wars callback but i, I see your point there uh oh JC. for sure for sure i, I mean i it's kind of with you guys like it didn't it doesn't really fit what the movie ended up being to to a t um but i remember watching it at first and i was it was like you know it was the first really like ambitious endeavor that they were going outside of trilogy right it was like i'm like i don't know you know I, i'm looking at it it, it looked cool the score was decent, you know, all that, but I, I wasn't too hyped, honestly. The, like, and it was nothing against the trailer itself and, and how it was, um, but there, you know, it took me a bit to get there. You know what I mean? It, it took more than just a teaser to, to kind of push me to that point. This, um, I don't, I don't think this movie hooks in a lot of non Star Wars fans. Yeah, so and it's yeah. thing, so exactly that, right? So back in what this came out, uh, late tw- early twenty sixteen, the trailer came out. Late? Oh, trailer, trailer. Sorry, I don't know. Trailer was April. And the movie was December of right. 2016. So, so I mean, back in 2016, I really started getting to Star Wars like 2018, like as far as like digging deep the way I do with Marvel, right? Um, so I was really into it. So again, I'm one of those guys, Joe. Like I, they didn't hook me because they couldn't. Mm-hmm. Like there was nothing outside of the trilogies or, or maybe a little Clone Wars that I watched back in the day that was really me in. So um, yeah, it was it was good. Looking back now, I'm like, it doesn't really match the movie, but you know. It's good, yeah. good, good trailer. Good trailer. So one, uh, it's funny because it's not 
it's not called Star Wars, right? It's Rogue One, a Star Wars right. story. It's, it's the long title. When I knew that, I wouldn't say that was a, a problem by any means, but when I knew like non-mega fans were like, what is this movie? This looks interesting and didn't necessarily know that it was totally tied to Star Wars. My in-laws uh, were like, Josiah, did you hear about that new space movie, Rogue One? Knowing me for about... I don't know, 13 years at this point, and knowing that I was obsessed with Star Wars, I, I laughed. I was like, yes, it's a Star Wars movie. Of course I know about it. Like, I've, I've somehow seen it three times already. You, you know, like, <laughs> it was funny. But, That's funny. Yeah. Uh, it was nice because that kind of established the tone for what we thought were going to be more anthology movies, but we'll get into that down the road. So, uh, do you remember your first viewing of this? I know we kind of sort of talked about it a little bit, but if we could re just bring it back here. Uh, John, do you want to go first? Yeah, yeah, I kind of already talked about it, but yeah, opening night, I saw it. Uh, I forget who I was with. I know, I know, I saw it the next day with uh, with my wife, then probably girlfriend, um, and another couple. We saw it the next day, but I forget who I went. I might have you I went might, with your wife, and then also the girlfriend you had. Exactly. Yep, okay. that's what it was. Um, I I may have sold that one to be honest. I don't know if I was with anybody, but it. it uh, impressions are the same it was just like yeah this is good like this is a fun star wars movie and i get like they're calling back to the original trilogy and like it's very clearly leading right to uh, a new hope and, like this is fun but i want more of uh of, of uh ray and kylo run right now tim what was uh, the first watch it was in Only theaters movie that- i've seen in theaters yeah so ever do that's my buddies <laughs> yeah with my wife and my uh, girlfriend to me for spider-man oh my gosh <laughs> you said this no twice popcorn, already. <laughs> never never no but uh, but yeah i saw it, saw it in person uh only star wars movie i've seen in person so got in the it. movie theater so um i'm hoping one day i get a chance to watch another one in person in oh you, you will you will have, you will have chances we'll don't worry we'll see all this stuff's don't, coming on disney plus don't you worry oh. <laughs> this guy uh jt first first viewing what what can you tell me Definitely watched it, uh, you know, opening weekend or whatever. And, and again, same back to same thing. I wasn't as hyped to watch it. Um, I know my brother was. My little brother was. He's been so deep. Like I was, he, you know, he's he's his growing up series to watch was Star Wars: The Clone Wars. So he was into Star Wars since he was a kid, kid. Um, so he was all hyped about it. But uh, you know, I I feel bad for like being like not enthusiastic for like my past me, right? But it, it just wasn't. It wasn't that for me. It became that for me now. Like. Uh, having the context around it, but um, yeah, it was it was normal. Like I wasn't, high, I didn't go opening night. Um, I did go. I think I went that Saturday after it out. So yeah, um, yeah. It is. I don't know. I feel like I want to go back and say you're stupid. You know, uh, 2016, John. But you know, like it, this is where I'm at. Just to kind of like get talk more about where I'm at with it, like compared to from now to where where I was then I was higher on it back then than I'm thinking of like just because I've come so so far on it I like this rewatch was a, a game changer for me like I really love the movie and like it, it made a, a huge impact on me but back then I remember walking out of the movie being like oh my god I can't believe they showed Vader and Leia like that was so cool like they it, it leads right into a new hope like I remember my impressions being like really good about it but then you know the more it said it I'm like you know that was fun but like Where's episode eight? You know that that was right. kind of more where I was at. You know, it, I wasn't down on it by by any stretch of the imagination. I just don't. You know, it just yeah. yeah. So it, it, I guess down on it is kind of the wrong word. It wasn't just as hype as anything else, right? But my thing is, and I alluded to it earlier too. Like uh, I walked out just talking about the Vader scene. They did it. They did it. Get, you know, I'm, I remember specifically talking about like, give me rated R Vader. Give me something like, hey, Vader hunting down like i want a series movie i've said this since since then and i even said it before that and i think everybody around star, star wars lore has been saying they want it since 
Um, and I think we'll probably get it more with Kenobi, but it, it, like that, that's all I cared about out of that. Right. Back when then. it first came out, now, you know, I, I appreciate everything surrounding it because having watched the series and, and, and things like that, or at least, at least having that context, but it, it just wasn't, I, I guess, so, you know, back then, I think when I watched it, I gave it like a B, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't anything more than that to me. Sounds that, right. That, that's funny you know? that you mentioned kind of like that perspective and like only thinking about Vader because rewatch and I'm going into this rewatch. I remember thinking like a couple of days ago, like, man, I'm excited to watch this, but like, I really wish they leaned into Vader more. I really wish that the only scene that we got from Vader wasn't that last hallway scene. I totally forgot that Vader was in this movie a few more times. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. And then, like, I'm rewatching this and like he just, and, and Krennic just shows up there at, at, at Vader's palace. And I'm just like, oh Fortress shit. Vader. Yeah. I'm like, shit, I forgot they did this. Like, this is sick. What was I talking? Like, I was, my perspective was totally skewed by just, just, where I was in my Star Wars fandom at that point. So going back yeah. and watching, I'm like, no, they gave us Vader like three times in this movie. Like this, that's actually kind of nuts. Like, and it's funny you say that. I remember him being in it multiple times, but I did not like again back then. I didn't connect Fortress Vader to to now. So right. when I watched it, I'm like, is that is that Fortress Vader? No, and, like I was kind of hyped about it watching it now. Right. And, yeah. So and, like you know, with my, my fandom has sure. is, is evolved a little bit, and so it's right. like yeah, I, I, again, my my walk away from that movie, I'm like, I, yeah, they, we got Vader once. That's that's wild. I mean, like really cool scene, but like I wish Disney would have leaned into it more. No, he was in it a few right. times. Like it was. See, yeah. Josiah, you're making us fall more in love with Star Wars. This is all because of you. I'm, I'm just sitting here, you know. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think JT's right. Uh, yeah, better late than never. It's all good. Uh, Josiah did it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get more into Vader uh, in a little bit here. I I definitely remember that opening night and, you know, not quite, I think, the hype level of Force Awakens. It's not ever going to be like that, right? Uh, but had the whole row, the theater's packed. Uh, much like I bought a few rows accidentally for Doctor Strange. Sorry if you couldn't get your hands on tickets. But... Uh, <laughs> story for another time we um I, you know lauren sitting next to me is is always at this and i just remember just going so crazy excited especially in those vader moments or right at the end there's so much happening in the hype that the death star is showing up it's vader it's leia oh my gosh what did i just witness and by the way at that point uh carrie fisher had, had passed away that week so there, there was a really emotional aspect to seeing a version of Princess Leia in that movie, and the one that we all fell in love with to start as Star Wars fans. So uh, super exciting! That I just remember um, all of that going on, and in, in in the I, I think I went the next day, and I went at least one more time. So I probably saw it three times in theaters. Uh, one really cool viewing that is a little bit unorthodox. So in uh, I want to say May 2017, Lauren and I uh, went on a a cruise with a bunch of people. And the one night, so they're always showing a movie on the back of the boat. It's, it's, it's usually not something I would necessarily go and get out of my way to go watch. But I'll tell you what, the one night Rogue One was playing and I was like, oh I, I, I have to leave what I'm doing. It was like 10 o'clock. So it wasn't like crazy early, but I'm like, I, I got to go get a coffee and I got to go and sit and watch this. And I'm pretty sure I was the only one, but it was cool as hell. That sounds I'm awesome. Looking up, there's nothing but stars and I'm in the middle of the ocean and I'm watching Rogue One on the biggest screen outside of a movie theater that I've ever been witness to. What a cool memory just to be there and be like, oh my gosh, this is happening. Just all the moments. What a nice memory that was. That's so, so cool. That is so cool. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
it, how many times have we seen this thing? I, I think it's not quite as many as some of the other crazy numbers I've listed off. I, I feel like this is never my go-to have on in the background sort of movie. I watch it during these rewatches and, and not many other times. But for me, probably I'm, I'm close to the, the 10 mark, I would say. John? I'd probably go. I, I think four might be it. I think the, the first two theater viewings, the Blu-ray viewing, and then this one. I mean, I, I'm sure I've turned it on before. I'm sure I have. But meaningful viewings... I mean, let's go, we'll go four to six just to be safe, but it'd be four. JT, how many times? Uh, the theater. One time when I did my re- uh, rewatch on my own during the pandemic. And now, three. That's it. Good stuff. Tim? I'm at three as well. So All right. I like it. Uh, let's, uh, let's jump into my notes here. Not going to drag this out as, as much as I normally do. I'm sorry, guys. I know I ramble. If, uh, if I'm going too far, if you got something to say, just cut me off. Uh, so this one starts right off the bat. I w- it was funny. In the lead-up, how is this going to start? They're, they're saying there's no crawl. What does that look like in the beginning? So we're not getting the, you know, our beloved yellow text telling us what's happening. Uh, interesting. You know, We get still the, the blue a long time ago at a galaxy far, far away. But I love the way that it cuts in. Just a big quick you know big musical note it catches you up you got the flute in the background and away we go it worked really well even despite having seven movies that previously had uh what is now the famous crawl so the idea for rogue one came from john Knoll, who has been like the visual effects supervisor on a lot of the star wars movies his idea basically came from hey that first line in the crawl for a new hope what if we made that a movie where it talks about the rebel alliance's big first victory against the empire i think that's really cool that someone who's not traditionally a writer or at the the top of the food chain when it comes to making these decisions was like hey what if what if we did this and then they kind of conceptualized and went away with the story wasn't there wasn't there a project that was pitched for that was before it wasn't like a, a star wars show that was supposed to be even before the disney purchase i feel like there was right there was, I could be mistaken. Maybe there was one or two, but I, I thought it was surrounding thirteen, thirteen, and bounty hunters, much like the game was supposed to be. Maybe there's a name for it. I forget the title of it. If you're if you're seeing this at home or if you're live in the chat, let us know. But yeah, there there was like a a pitched Star Wars show that was supposed to come out, and this was pitched for one of the episodes. When that's what Noel that that's when he originally pitched it as to be an episode of this show. But it was pre Disney, I think, right? Y- yes, sir. Yeah, interesting. Uh, yeah, I'm happy that carried over, obviously, because a lot of things did not when uh, Disney took over. Uh, Saw Guerrera, first character from the animated series to make the, the big screen jump, which is really cool. And at that time, I was like, oh, my gosh, the possibilities are endless. We're just starting with this stuff, right? Really cool. And, uh, yeah. for, of course, Forrest Whitaker. And that's, that's one of those things where it's like I didn't appreciate that at all. I, I hadn't watched the Clone Wars at all at that point. So I, I didn't know who Saw Guerrero was. And like I, I, the, so much of this imagery and some of these characters, like, you know, these, these callbacks to, to, to deep Star Wars lore, it just went over my head. I'm like, OK, this is a new character, Forrest Whitaker. I know him. Like, that's cool. And then like after the fact, I found out that he was established in a, an animated series. And that's the kind of stuff that I appreciate watching more. You know, I appreciate more not watching it after seeing all the stuff I have and playing uh, Fallen Order and watching yeah. the Clone Wars. Yeah, for sure. It, he he was a, a part of a popular arc in uh, the Clone Wars. So to, you know, if if you were in that position and you saw those and you you got into Rogue One, that was kind of exciting. Uh, but I remember the lead up to it, and then we actually get to Rogue One, and this movie is just full of Easter eggs. Like it is fan service to a T. All this stuff in the background, which we'll go through. Um, we get a lot of new cool stormtroopers in this movie. The Death Troopers look awesome. 
yep. the uh, the shore troopers, which are the ones we see towards the end of the movie. Like, there's some really cool designs going on here outside of seeing the iconic original stormtroopers on screen. Uh, gotta love Jin's uh, stormtrooper doll, by the way. Yeah, it's just really sitting cool. there that they pick up. <laughs> yeah. uh, so the the Star Wars Visual Dictionary calls uh, she called it Stormy. Uh, makes sense. Uh, when we're going around in the planets early on, this is the first time in Star Wars movies that we see text on screen Dude, that tells us. It. So, John, talk about that real quick. Hop into all these planets in a short period of time. Some recognizable, some brand new. Like, was it too much? Was it quick? Was it just right? It's just so helpful. It's like I, I, we we talked about it with I think maybe episode seven. I, I think that was when I mentioned that. Like, I just wish that every time you cut to a planet, you had a little title down there. It's just helpful. Like, I know I know they give they, they do a good job of giving context, like in conversations and stuff like that. But sometimes it jumps around, especially in this movie, they jump around quite a bit. Um, but I will also say that this movie, watch those cuts to the to the to the planets. It is so different than anything we see in Star Wars. Like it looks so different. It almost looks more Guardians of the Galaxy. Title alone, like no title aside, like the visuals and like the fidelity and the color contrast and like just the the way they present these planets in deep space looks so much different than anything we see in Star Wars. And it's really cool. I agree, man. I think like it's perfect because it it obviously fits the the brand, if you will, the genre. But like it, it is different. It separates itself. Yeah, I feel like that was from a. a I don't know what it direction. is, but like it's it just it's it's so, it's almost like it's just more it's more colorful, and you're getting more detail in, in the planet when you're when you're cutting in. Yeah, I, I'm totally with you there. Um, the the one planet's called Wobani, which is a nice little uh, scrambling of of Obi Wan, so that that's a nice homage there. Uh, Mon Mothma. So Genevieve O'Reilly, we've talked about it before. She uh, came back to reprise this character because her her role from Episode Three got cut. I love that stuff. I love that she got this chance to get into the movie uh, 10, actually 11 years later. And of course, Mon Mothma is such an important part of the rebellion. How could you not have her in there? Speaking of which, Bail Organa. That was pretty freaking cool, right? Awesome. He just walked out of the shadows. So cool. (laughs) What a nice moment. You knew he was going to be there, but when it happened, it happened. Uh, All right. Let's get this over with. K2SO. John, let's go. I, 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 it's not offensive. He's not terrible, but I just don't get the like. I don't get the which I think is your opinion. K two is my favorite droid. I don't get it. Like he he's he's sassy and sarcastic, and that's funny. But he's like too human like for me to care about I, him. One, I was literally gonna say the thing. I hundred yeah. percent agree with that. He's too human. He seems I, like a person. Yeah, like, he just exactly. acts like a person. He, he's he's which yeah. is it's like I sometimes get it, but. Like, it just feels off when every other... Yeah. Everyone else feels like a droid. Like, why is this right. one so different than all the other ones? It, it's it's fine. I think that some of his lines are funny. Let tell you, but yeah. So, yeah some of his person. lines... Yeah, so exactly. Why, why haven't they done that before? Why right. is that the first time? No, no. I, I, because I, we only had C-3PO and R2-D2 before that um, on the big screen. Totally fine. I get it. It's just, it, he's not he's, he's not as fun for me. Some of his lines work. Some of those yeah. quips are good. Some of them are like, okay, like, I, I get it. You're, 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 you're really quippy. I get it. He's fine. fine. It's fine. I loved it. Alan Tudyk nails it. I think he did a great job. Um, I love that character. I think it, it fits in a lot of ways. What's funny is Alan Tudyk was telling a story at Star Wars Celebration one time, and uh, he was talking to Anthony Daniels. So Anthony Daniels, who plays C-3PO, was like giving him pointers on like, hey, this is how you know the fans are, and, and, and blah, blah, blah. So... Uh, after the the reaction to the movie where most people really liked K2SO, I guess they were at like an award show <laughs> and uh, Alan is talking with Anthony Daniels 
and Anthony Daniels comes up to him and basically like says F off. And it was kind of funny because like C3PO is around for 20, 30 years at that yeah. point. And then, you know, Alan Tudor comes around. So, and he's a fan favorite. To, I guess I guess to readjust my perspective on it, to, to explain it more, I, I think K2 is perfect totally for this movie. Like that is the perfect droid for this movie. I just wouldn't say that I like him any more than an R2 or a BB-8 or a, a BD-1 or, you know, any of that, you know, like it, K2 works great in this movie, but he, he doesn't go toe to toe when it comes to he's more of a he's more of a human character than he is a droid in my eyes. So it's so like, you like oh, better him or CP3. Oh, that's a tough that's a tough one. Um I would love to see K2 just absolutely crush C3PO. <laughs> just like take him like just take that red arm to smash him. Just smash him with it. You may not uh, recognize me, my arm is red. I like all the all the K2 <laughs> stuff. Even like that he can fire a blaster or he comes and saves the day with the grenade. Like all of that just works for me. It, it all pace. works it all works for me too. I like it, but it doesn't feel like a droid, which is I guess fine. It, it's fine. He, he's just like another human character. It doesn't feel like a droid for me. It's it's yeah. He was very overpowered. I don't feel I like that would hang up if if that was my perspective. But hey, to each their own. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. that's that's fine. I, the Tarkin reveal. What do, what do we think about Grand Moff Tarkin in the, in this movie? Yikes! Twenty twenty two. Yikes! Twenty twenty two. Yikes! Um, it's fine. Like it, back then, mind blown. That was one of the ones where like I was enough of a Star Wars fan back then to be like, holy shit, we're not just seeing Tarkin in the shadow. Like he is a character in this movie. That was very cool. You know, now CG has uh Yeah. It's showing itself. I still love that they did it. I, I'm not I'm not one to say don't do it just because this the, you know the technology is not there and it might not hold up. I'm glad they did it now. Yikes. Um overall, like as a as a plot point as as a character in this movie, I love I love it. Yeah. It's a good feeling. I can't I like believe it, it happened. Agreed. First of all, yeah, I so I like that's one of the most distinct memories I have of the first time I saw this was Krennic coming up to talk to him, and I thought it would be kind of a quick one-off, and I thought we'd even when we got the reflection in the glass, I was like, Dude. oh shit, yes. that's insane. And Me then too. Not two seconds later, he turns around, and I was like, fully lit. Yes, I remember that same thought. I'm like, okay, we're gonna see. Okay, this this is him. Let's we're gonna see. We're gonna we're gonna see his back. We're gonna see a shadow. Holy shit, we see his face in a reflection. Tarkin turns around and he's just a character. What an experiment this was for a number of reasons, right? To you, you put this in an anthology movie, not one of the mainline entries, which is it makes sense. You, of course, it makes sense to do it with a character like Tarkin, who's so memorable from the first movie. But how about that voice acting from the stand-in? That's pretty good work That's there. Incredible, incredible. Yeah. Like the way he says "simultaneous." That was the point where I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Or later in the movie. When he says, you may fire when ready. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like, he nailed it, dude. How many so, times did he repeat that line in front of the mirror? <laughs> <laughs> you may fire when ready. Yeah, he probably did it 10,000 times. He nailed it. Uh, I, I love that they did that. I don't... It's not, the, obviously, 2022, the best CG we've ever seen. I think it's better than some we've seen to this it, point. Yeah. But it's, like, it's, it's not so offensive to me. Like, I'm like, okay, I look back at this movie... It works. Maybe talk to me again in ten years. Agreed, hundred percent agreed. It, right. It's yeah. yeah I, I think about it. It, it. it takes me out of the, it. Takes me out of it for a second where I think about it. But then I'm just like, I accept it. Like I'm in. I'm in. Let, let's jump real quick to, um, to Princess Leia. I know that's at the end of the movie, but like in contrast, what do we think about her version of what was uh, a generated character? Uh, the CJ is way better. I think. Yeah. See, I think it's worse. I do too. But I do too. So I thought it was better. On the I, big I, don't, screen. I think you can flip a coin too. 
Right. On the big screen, I thought it was better. And I don't know if it's because it I was just so hyped, like, holy crap, they're doing this. Like, they're actually doing this. Because, again, they give you that same tease. They show you just her back, and she's standing in such a way. It's like, all right, she's not going to turn around. She looks like a freaking mannequin. But she turns around, and we get we get a, a little scene there. Um, it's a bad mannequin. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> but watching it, today, watching it today, I'm like, uh, it doesn't look as good as, as I remember it. But, again, I'm glad they did it. Same. And, you know, I really thought the movie was going to end there with not seeing her, even though we just went through the whole thing with Tarkin. Yeah. Uh, and it, it was fine. And, and I loved the line with hope. Of course, that's so fitting and special. And I think it also hit even harder than it would have normally because, again, Carrie Fisher passed away like days before that premiere. So like that was that was really yeah. it was tough as a yeah. long time fan to see, yeah. but really ramped up the emotion. So, again really happy they did it because it's only gotten better year by year in a quick amount of time. Uh, well, for it's sure. awesome. And you know, we see it in star Wars. We see it in Marvel, even to you know, stuff I can't talk about for episode nine, but I will in a few weeks. Uh, Panda Baba. So the guy, fr- uh, him and the guy from the bar in a new hope that Anobi slight and Obi can slices the, the arm off of, yeah. we see them there on Jetta. Uh, this was uh, Gareth Edwards who directed the movie. His one cameo regret. He's like, that's the one that felt really forced to me. I and, get, uh, I get, I get it. I do too. But at the same time, it's such a throwaway. Like, who cares? Like, these people mean nothing. Of course, they could be there. You know, well, it, they're never ever going to make a cameo again, right? It's got to right. be here or nowhere. Yeah, like, yeah. Why not? Why not just give a small? You know, that's more of it's yeah. like you know, th- this is they're just complex. fan service. Like, hey, yeah, this is fan service. Like, you, you've you've seen a new hope. Like, this is for you. Like, who cares? They're not real characters. Yeah. So uh, the moment where uh, K two has Cassian and Jin as prisoners, that. That slap there is is totally ad libbed by Alan Tudyk. That was not scripted, and uh, uh, oh, Diego he? Luna, who he who plays Cassian, if you look closely, he's like this, and he's actually smiling up at, at Alan uh, because he's trying not to laugh. I didn't realize Alan Tudyk did, did mocap for that. Huh. Yes, sir. Cool. He's he's set it for the whole movie. Uh, if if not, he did most of it. Um, oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Outfit, take a look at it. The outfit's kind of funny because they've they've got a really long neck, right? Because he's tall. Yeah. Um, so that was the the stand-in point for him. But love hmm. that sequence. Um, how about Chirut Imwe as a as a character? Very like, cool. By Donnie Yen. What what a unique character. He's not a Jedi. Nope. He believes in the Force. It's, he's it's kind of it. a religion. It's not right, but like. Man, that sequence with the stormtroopers. And I know we can all agree the stormtroopers' armor is totally useless. But that's a really, really cool sequence. Like he man, I love that. He's I got a few that. in this movie. I think he's yeah. He's got a he's got a few for sure. Uh so Galen Urso plants the trap that is uh kind of there to set the fuse to unravel the Death Star. What a what a nice plot point that is. In the previous Star Wars canon, for what it's worth, uh the there was another architect on it and it was not on purpose. Like there was novels and comics around it, but basically he accidentally had this flaw in the death star. And then the emperor like, of course, tortures him after as we get uh, past a new hope, but what an interesting contrast. And, and it just makes sense, right? To put that there. Yeah. They, they, they did a good job telling that story. I remember being very conflicted on that, whether or not, like I thought it, we've talked about this privately before. Like, you know, does, does some of this, uh, this newer content that takes place before the original trilogy, does it sour what we got with the, with the original trilogy? I was conflicted for a little while. I'm like, yeah. see that for just for a little while. I'm like, is that, is that, does that make sense? Like, do I want that? Do I want the death star fault to be intentional? Cause like, 
that movie, it, it very clearly wasn't supposed to be. It was supposed to be something that the, the Red Bull Alliance just stumbled upon. You know, like that was their win. And this, again, when I first was pondering this, I'm like, oh, that kind of takes away from this being their win, their their discovery. Like, they, they found this flaw in the Death, Death Star, but no, it was actually planted there by, you know, by, by an engineer. Again, now that I watch it, now that it sits more, I'm like, okay, that's totally fine. Like, you, you gave me an awesome story as to why that's why that makes sense. And, like, you gave me a great prequel to A New Hope. I'm totally for it. I'm with you there where I was conflicted at first, especially that first screen uh, viewing. Because I was like, it it felt like this almost, almost was like part of the reshoots where he's he's telling you as opposed to showing you. And it's like a lot of, it's a long sequence of him talking there. Another reason, way I felt where it was like, okay, they're trying to catch us up way too fast is when Jane is talking to the rebel leaders for the first time. She talks about Saw Guerrera and she throws like three or four lines together in like 10 seconds that are super quick about her history with him. And it's like, oh my gosh, they're, they're throwing so much at you to try to catch you up here. Who knows right. how much of that was you know, intended or not. Right. Uh, the, the sequence of visuals from the Death Star blasting Jetta City Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. We get the blast. We see what it's like from the planet and how it's kind of collapsing on itself. Previously, obviously, we only get Aldran. Yeah, it's an explosion. But here we get a little a little bit more it's perspective from the planet there. Very cool to see that the Death Star can tone it down and just destroy a city. Like, would they call it yeah. fire it with one one capacitor or one... What was the phrase they used? I forgot what it was. But, like, it, it was it was sweet. Just, just to see, that, like, that we can just use, like, one of our engines here and we can just take out a city, not the whole planet. Like, that was that was sweet. For sure, and obviously that makes sense with A New Hope, right? Because that was the first time where they were really going to test that weapon out, and of course they're going to do it on Alderaan. Uh, guys, Mustafar, holy crap, we get Vader's Castle, the Ralph McQuarrie design from the early or late 70s. This comes to fruition. When we arrive there, the first time I'm seeing this, I'm crapping my pants. I can't believe this is happening, and I'm about to get my moment with Darth Vader back on screen. What a sequence that is with him and Krennic. James Earl Jones, by the way. Oh, you yeah. can hear the age, right? But like still, he's got that oomph behind him to a degree. That's another one where I'm like, that does that didn't hit that, that hit for me because I'm seeing Darth Vader when I first saw this movie. But now that I've seen that castle, I have I've I've read Charles Soul's Darth Vader run and I I know I've seen how that how that fortress has been made. You know, like that that stuff hits so much different when I'm watching when I'm watching this movie in 2022. It is special. I love the line back and forth there. And of course, you know, Darth Vader's got to be punny and tells him not to choke on his aspirations because that's the Darth Vader that we know, right? Uh, Very well written. I I will say that this is one of like the only times too that like I can, not the only times, but like I try to do this now when I see Darth Vader on screen and it's easier, I guess, now that this was a Darth Vader shot in 2015, 16, whatever it was to try to imagine Anakin Skywalker saying those words. Like try to imagine Anakin being the one behind that mask with like his voice altered. And it, for some reason in this sequence, when he, when he's talking to Krennic, I'm like, okay, I, I can see Anakin saying this. I can see, I can see Hayden Christensen's Anakin delivering these lines with that voice altered, yeah. you know? That's interesting. I, I, I've got to, I've got to try to, to get there a little more and see through that lens. I, cause that's I, just another viewpoint, I, you know, I, I forced myself to, because I had an issue with that, like coming out, like I loved, I love this. I love Anakin. Like I understand what's going on here and Vader's really cool, but like, there's just always the disconnect. It's like, those aren't the same people to me at all. So this was the first time I was like, all right, I can see it. They, yeah, I think that's intended though, John, you know what I mean? Like, oh, of course. Like, I think it should feel you know, that way. It should feel that way because they Vader himself talks about 
Anakin Skywalker, right? Like it's right. all throughout any of the canon. Oh, like, no, no, no. This piece is like a second person. So right, I, I, yeah, for sure. Do that. That, that, I think that's why it's hard for a lot of people to do that, though, to, to put that connection there. You it know it I mean? makes it makes sense. It, but no, for sure, it makes sense. We just rewatched the prequels, and like a lot of, I, I think a lot of uh, Hayden Christensen's and Anakin's line delivery can be chalked up to the fact that they're trying to make him sound like he could eventually sound like uh, James Earl Jones. Like they're trying to to make him sound like he enunciates his words in that way and almost like a theatrical type, you know, t- type presentation. Um, so right. it, it, it eventually yeah. it does all tie together pretty well. And I think we're going to see that tie up more in Kenobi too. You're, you're oh, going to see I, exactly, I, what, exactly what you're talking about. No, I can't coming. wait for that. Little it's more coming. than a month. Here we go. Um, with the tie with Vader's line there too, it's just perfect, right? Cause in a new hope, which is probably just really a few days later from the, the, the time frame there, uh, he's got the line in the boardroom where he says, I find your lack of faith disturbing. That's the Darth Vader. He's sarcastic. He's got that edge to him. I, I love how they tie that in. Uh, also, the the aide that comes into the room when he's in the back to tank, that is one of the same aides, uh, obviously not actors, but from Return of the Jedi. One of the, You see those kind of older guys who are, are with the Emperor on the, the second robe, Death yeah. Star. Exactly. Uh Fun fact, it's the first movie in Star Wars to have the title spoken directly in it. So they say Rogue One a number of times, obviously. Um, I like the line from K2 where he says, I'll be there for you, Jin, because Cassian said I had to. Mm-hmm. I like uh, it. I like it. A lot of uh, Easter eggs here, including uh, as you hear over the speaker at the Rebel base on Yavin, they're calling for General Sindula, which is Harris Sindula from uh, the Rebel series, which JT has just gotten into, which is super exciting. Uh, you also see Chopper uh, actually floating around in the Rebel base, which is really cool. I want to say the ghost also makes an appearance. I can't recall if it did or not. Uh, I missed it if it did last night, but we'll have to look it up. Uh, the conversation between Mon Mothma and, and Bail Organa, when they're talking about basically Bail's going to go talk to Princess Leia and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Gives me goosebumps. We know what happens, but still special to see. Yeah, yeah that, that that whole interaction. Like I, I trust her with my life. Like That, that was really cool. Oh, so special. And of course, hurts a little bit because you know he's heading back to Alderaan. So that's awkward. Big rip. Uh, the, I feel like I've talked about this on the show before. I'm sorry if I have. The name Scarif uh, as, as a planet, it, it comes from... So Gareth Edwards is the, the director of the movie. He was at Starbucks and they, he gave his name Gareth, but they heard Scarif. So they wrote Scarif on a cup. And he's like, I'm using that as, as a planet in my new Star Wars movie. That's amazing. Love that. Yeah, that's I, awesome. Uh, I, while we're here, I will say, like, number one, unequivocally, Scarif is my favorite planet in Star Wars lore. Scarif is my number one. It's so freaking cool. Like, it's the, yeah. the, the deep blue waters, the sandy beaches. Like, it looks so dope. And the Scarif Troopers, would you call them before? Uh, shore Troopers. Shore Troopers. I've seen them referred to as Scarif Troopers, but Shore Troopers is new to me. But the, that, that brown armor is just, like, so perfect. I just, yeah, that Scarif is, it's my number one for sure. Star Wars does this with their like planets, right? It's one ecosystem almost. You might as well have a beach if you're gonna have a planet full of right. it, so. right? Yeah, for sure. And I think that Rogue One in general just does like a really good job with like differentiating their their planets. I think that's it's the most variation we get planet to planet in any Star Wars movie, probably. Probably the most in in quantity too. Like there's yeah. there's a lot happening for sure. Different environments. You got like the Wobani, which is like that. It looks like a cold planet, right? It's not snowy, but it's muddy. Yeah, it's right. Wet. Um, you you get Scarif, obviously. You get you see Yavin. Yeah, you get Yavin. There, there's a lot for sure in it, in a short period of time. Yeah, 
So yeah, really good job for sure there. Uh, I've got a bad feeling about this set in every Star Wars movie. We yeah, almost get the full line. Yep. Almost yeah. get the full line. Uh, K gets cut off there. What a nice little inside joke that is, right? Uh, one of the, the rebel aliens, again, I never knew this until last night because, uh, again, I had subtitles on. That's kind of how I have to watch TV these days. Uh, one of the aliens who's shooting one of the guns on Scarif screams Carabast. It doesn't sound like Carabast, but it is, and that's uh, something that Zeb says constantly in the Star Wars Rebel series. So another nice callback there. Uh, how do we feel about the, the footage of the old pilots from A New Hope? In the in the X wings, I love it so much. I think it's yeah, it's, it's such real. a great such a great touch, and it's a, it's like you can tell enough where it's like it's just it's just like a really really nice touch. I it, I totally agree. And seeing him at first was jarring. I'm like, wait a second, but it, it's an I would say a relatively easy thing to match up because yeah. they're all the same viewpoint with the new pilots, right? Like. Yeah. That's how it's gonna go. So you can kind of change the color palette where needed. It, it's it's uh, funny because like the only thing different is the people, and it's like, man, people looked different back then. Like people had different facial structures back in the 1970s. Like it's just that's the only difference. They clearly look like they're from the 70s. It's funny I mean, to say that. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing, but like we we evolve, right? It's totally true. Uh, of course, during the X-wing battle, Red Five dies. We know Luke Skywalker becomes Red Five as we get to a new hope. Uh, they're talking about the projects when Jen and Cassian are trying to fish out what's going on with the plans. Black we Saber. Project uh, Dark Saber, right? So they Is said Black Saber, Saber in this movie. Black Saber? Yeah. So there's that. Uh, and then there's also hyperspace tracking, which however you feel about The Last Jedi, they did it. that's what hyperspace tracking is. They throw that little seed yeah. in there because, you know, that was going to be a hot topic of conversation as we'll, we'll talk about next episode. Uh, is, is there a death that hits you hardest in this movie? All, all, pretty much all of our main characters uh, are gunned down one by one in different times in that last third of the movie. Is there anyone that really just resonated or stuck out with you or made you feel more emotional than the others? John, Absolutely. you got an answer? And you'll be surprised. It's K2. It's just, it's, I was surprised. Yeah. You, uh, I, are you guys making it sound like I don't like K2? I just think he's the worst droid. He's a good character and he's almost a I'm human not- character. I just you're right. Uh yeah, K2 for me. That's the one where it's like, damn, like this 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 guy's been ride or die. He's here. He's 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 taking it for the team. He's getting he's the first to get gunned down for the most part. Like it's that that that's the one that hits me every time. I'm actually with you. That that uh it was it was hard seeing that character go away in in the way that he did because he's kind of a jerk almost that doesn't care, right? But then he bonds with Jin as time goes on and uh Cassian obviously has a, a big connection with him. So yeah. that yeah, interesting. Tim, any different answer? Any answer? Yeah, mine was uh, Mads when he... Mm. And the part that got me is it's kind of like one of those things in life where you sometimes can't say everything you want to say. And right before he dies, he kind of gives the line of, I have so much to tell you. That's such a brutal line. That's such a brutal line. And it's like, to me, I was like, oh, like, that's not what she wanted to hear. And like, it just, it was tough, tough to, tough to watch as a dad. You know what I mean? So it had a little different. I, I totally agree. JT, any any death? Uh, uh sure, for sure. Uh, is, is that how you pronounce it? Chirrut? Cheer, yep. Uh, yep. Chirrut, yeah. Chirrut yeah. was awesome. Cheer, that, that's true. Yeah. Um, he like, uh, well, I mean, that's my number I, two. Obviously, my my number one character too, as as far as the whole the whole movie. But um, just as I mean, I think it falls back. Jedi esque, right? And, and I always favor towards Force users and Jedi as a whole character. Um, he just, he was awesome. I mean, he, 
I, I would call it more of like a forced user that just never never became in that in that way he kind of had the he, he was vibe. So, he was somebody right. who was a force user but wasn't force sensitive you know right. right it was just odd but but cool right i think it was yeah, perfect for sure um, very was, unique it was in, a good fit. star wars for right. sure um yeah that's a great one and and bays right bays malbus who mm-hmm. they're they're buddy buddy and the way he kind of believes at the end after chirrut says you know find the force and you'll find me that's very special that that was emotional too um and then even you get to Jin and cassian on the beach and that's tough because they know at that point it's over there's nothing that's going to happen uh of course there's the cliche line that uh her dad would be proud of her but that's That's... an important line too and there's it seems like there's resolution and almost acceptance in their their eyes when they they both go and and see that horizon coming towards i don't know what i love about that scene john I'm, i'm showing you is on mute on my end Ah, the so, buttons. The buttons crossed over. Want to want to know what's great about that scene about Jin and Cassian? Uh, Tim, can you hear me? Yes. Tim, take your headphones off till my hand is down. Oh yeah, I know where you're going. Yeah, I love I knew that. Right I love that they were so conservative. They didn't. They didn't make them kiss. They didn't make them kiss. Dude, like like 100%. we got. They had to force that in episode nine. They had to force the kiss, but they were so conservative and it worked so, so well. And the hand's going down. That's it. All I'm saying, Tim, come back. Dude, come on you back, are spot on with that, John. I won't talk about spoilers. Um, he, he doesn't realize my hand's down. <laughs> Tim, you can come back. Uh, so <laughs> you, you can, The hand's down, yeah. Tim. You can come back. Wait, you're allowed. So we're back? Wait, back? Yeah, you're back. You're back. You're back. Uh, we're back. <laughs> that was a funny sequence. So with... Uh, <laughs> With Jin and Cassie in there, John couldn't agree more. That was perfect. Come here, I just, could not believe it. It was awesome. The, holding hands like that, they're, they're friends, right? Like that, that works, and they've they've been through hell together in a short period of time. So, yeah, totally and, well done. And, and even if there was going to be more, like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so, having watched a lot of all the context of, of, of pre, pre original trilogy, did you guys see any or have any impact as far as Saul Guerrero's death? I kind of. Like having watched all of the Rebels and Clone Wars and stuff, like I, I, it kind of hit me a little bit. Even though he was a psycho, a legitimate psycho. I mean, <laughs> he, he was he was for the cause, but he he, 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 he was he was he was yeah. an extremist for sure. For extremist, hundred percent. Um, even now, the Fallen Order. Right? I, 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 I wouldn't say that even even after watching uh, a Clone Wars and stuff like like it's always it's always always still a, a, a B B at best character for me. Yeah. Did you guys know that there, that George Lucas had a live action? TV series in development before he sold the Disney for yeah. Saw. We already talked about like, it on this episode. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, what? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, you, I, I see John Slade for the kill. Star Wars Underground, though? That you call the Thank you for telling us the name that we couldn't come up with. Like we just did to Tim, we apparently did the same thing to you and just told you to go away for a little bit. No, uh, Absolutely. so John did talk I, about I, it. I on that. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> yeah, so Gareth Edwards pitched this this idea for Rogue One as an episode as Star Wars Underground. You said Underground. That's what it's called. So yeah, so, yeah. We, called, yeah. kudos we, we, to JT for coming up with that because I was not going to get there. Forty five minutes later, we got we got a name. Yes. Yes. It was uh, John Nall. He, he pitched that idea that John's talking about. So oh, who did I say? Uh, Gareth. Edwards. Gareth Edwards got it. Yep. I mean, oh, come on, God, guys, get your yeah. stories straight. Come on. So can't believe like, now. who said what? Right? We all struggle with that apparently. Um, JT, thanks for bringing that fact to the table. I, you know, 
Did yeah, yeah. honestly, I, I, that was close. You brought it up first. Yeah. You bring that up. You know, I, I'm here for it. I'm happy you didn't know that it happened earlier, which is great. Um, but yeah, Saw Guerrero was like a, a George Lucas character for sure. That was like a, a guy he wanted to continue to to do more with for sure. So nice that he came in there. And to answer your question, JT, didn't hit any more for me, I feel like, after seeing the Clone Wars, but uh, still strong, right? Because he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm done with this breathing apparatus. Like, I'm, I'm good to go. Um, so I appreciate that. I, th- I thought yeah. you were going to say it. I'm done with this whole breathing thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, he does say that in a way. That's does, true. Totally true. He has yeah. that in common with almost all of our heroes, though, <laughs> at some so, point in the movie. So sick yeah, of this whole breathing though. thing. Dunzo. Overrated. The one guy who wants it, Darth Vader jerks can't have uh, it. oh my god what a, what a beautiful story ironic <laughs> all their breath, breath uh the death star emerging from the clouds on scarif is one of my favorite star wars visuals ever that's cool that's very yeah, cool. that is awesome and it's it's coming up on krennic oh my gosh yes How yeah. is that the poetic injustice he, oh. he wanted credit for the creation he wanted it it's right in his face baby and the shot doesn't even really aim at the city. It aims right through that tower. They knew yep. what they were doing. Tarkin knew what he was going. Oh, yep. hurts every time <laughs> I see it. But what a shot of that thing emerging through the the clouds there. There, there are a lot of really cool reveals like that. So like there, there's one where there's a star destroyer. I think flying in front of the Death Star, and just like yeah. the Death Star gets slowly revealed with the shadow. There, there's a lot of really cool reveals mm-hmm. like that. They, they, like the cinematography in this movie is super super good, and the music that goes on there really supports that too. It's perfect. Oh. Yeah, I always stick my head there. Uh, so Ryan Johnson and Ron Bergman, who are the the writers and directors on Last Jedi, they are some of the Rebel, or excuse me, the Death Star technicians that you can see. Uh, the joke is where where the railing is not, you know, where there you see the green laser go by. Uh, they were there. Uh, you see, as we get into a, a sequence that I want to end with shortly. Not gonna say who it's about but he's, he's a really cool sith lord uh, anyway uh, chris nolan actually is the rebel that screams launch that's really cool actually christopher nolan is that guy oh. and then gareth edwards is the one who who actually hits the switch the the we've been talking about all night uh all, all i want to talk about past this let's talk about that vader scene because i'll tell you i'd be hard pressed to to reveal more Star Wars sequences that have as much of a, a oh shit factor than that one for me. It, I was so downright giddy when Darth Vader showed up there. Oh, it was I, it was so unexpected. It was so unexpected. They showed Vader on the bridge. He, he's like, let's, let's launch a boarding party, and you thought that was like the perfect setup for for a New Hope. Okay, boarding party. He's gonna he's gonna chase after that ship. Like that's it. No, that's not the shit they're talking about. And he's you're gonna see him in the hallway. You see a lightsaber in this movie. Oh my god. Like we, nobody expected it. And it was just so well done. I see, love no, go ahead, Tim. I, I was gonna say I love the difference of how he force choked everyone in that hallway. Like prior, it's he's brutal. using two fingers and then he starts using oh, the full fist. Yeah. Like and he like generally chokes that like like you know he's mad and when oh. I saw that, the first thing I thought of was Fallen Order. That's like the first thing I could think oh, of. Dude, I was like, like, jo- Josiah said, like, can, oh you, can, can you think of a sequence that hits harder than this? Yeah, the only one close is, the, is also Vader and Fallen you Order. You see the power. It's just like... Yeah. That's what we see so easy. bad in more live action. And honestly, like, we've, we're starting to see a lot more of this like high-ability Vader, right? Like Rebels... 
Fallen Order here. The comics probably I, see I, it. Kenobi. The comics do a really good job. I hate saying that because oh, like comics oh, are oh, such. I gotta get to they're, it. They're such an. No, honestly, like it's not your fault. It's comics yeah. are they're they're an obscure media medium. So I understand that. Like, right. It's it's on them to to show more people what we could what we see out of that. Right. Dude, there's so much going on in that sequence. But when that lightsaber ignites. This movie for about 30 seconds becomes pure horror <laughs> because those actors, by the way, that play the Rebel Alliance troops sell that beautifully. Are they selling and, it? Or are they actually scared? Because I would be. They might be. <laughs> the kids in Revenge of the Sith, really. It's, it's yeah, crazy. It's like, <laughs> um, that's a Skywalker. Yeah, for sure. You've got Vader throwing people out of the way. You've got the the one guy on the ceiling, and then he like, cuts him in half as he's walking yeah. behind him, like as an afterthought. As an a- he's like, bro, you're already done, but just in case, like, just so you know, you're done. You're done, done. Like he as an after all their weapons away. Oh, the, like good luck, the yeah. guy. How how close is this to failing, right? Like, the plans almost don't make it there. Right. They pass it through that door that won't open. Holy why, crap. Why won't the door open? That's Vader, <laughs> man. That's Vader. That's confirmed it's, by Gareth Edwards that Vader is holding the door closed. It's, yeah. it's mind-blowing because, right, he, he stabs that guy and he releases that hold yes. on the door. It, yes. Mm-hmm. So What a cool scene through the door. I love even as it fades away – just showing him continuing to mow down rebels. Yes. So John, I, I wouldn't say that it was totally unexpected. And the reason being, yeah, you have the boarding party. It could just die right there. But at that point, there was so much in the momentum in the rumor that Vader was supposed to be mowing down rebels in this movie. And it, a, allegedly a large part of the rewrites, like some of it was too much. So like he was supposed to be doing some of this on the beaches of Scarif. That would have been cool. See, I was removed from that, so I didn't, I didn't have that. I mean, that would have been a cool sequence to me, but I can't imagine anything like what we we got there. That like that was perfection. I uh, I would I would have taken it. <laughs> I would have taken that. that I think that's so like sweet. when you're like dying of thirst. Someone's like, here, just a little, like a good little sip of water. Then oh, you like, are I'll you take, like, I'll take the full. I bottle, want please. all of the water. Like, yeah. I don't want just a sip. Give me everything. Yeah, so, you're right. right. It, totally it, understand. You're, and you're right. It probably would have lessened that scene a little bit, but like I would have still yeah. taken that shit. <laughs> that would be sweet. And by the way, the music in the background is a voice chorus of the Imperial March. Oh, my gosh. My heart. <laughs> that is such a special sequence. One of my favorite in any Star Wars movie ever. And for me, that is saying... Oh, so much. The the only thing I'll say about the score in this movie, it's not about the score, actually, is I think the mixing is not as good as it should be. And I almost wonder if that's because, like, it's not John Williams. So, like, they don't put the score as the, you know, up, like, as the centerpiece of the, as the scene. Because I didn't really realize that was, that was, that was uh, orchestral. I didn't realize that was, no, not what you say. It was, uh, uh, it was it was just a a, a voice a voice yeah so like, a, a, like, chorus, an, like a chorus an acapella people... chorus right like yes. I didn't I didn't even realize that was it like it, it's so it's so muted in the back that I didn't even realize that so like they, so, they, the the mixing in this movie isn't where it should be probably because like they don't have their star you know scorer it could have also been the fact like you said John that there, a lot of this happened in short order true so you know closer to release than anticipated but man uh, go go just watch this. When I saw this movie, I was scouring like Twitter for that clip, and of course, someone had oh, it on there. Oh, yeah, and I just watched was. it over and over and over again, and then of course saw it in theaters the next day. And it's so funny. My last thought on this: I went to see it uh, last second. I want to say 
whoever I was going with dropped out. So I ended up having extra tickets. And the person I went with, 100%, this was me. Because it was their first time watching it. I was like, yeah, oh I, I love that. I love the experiences. But I here's the thing. The person was unfazed. No emotion. Talked about it afterwards. And they were like, I, I didn't like the Vader moment whatsoever. There's oh a there's a bigger story God. behind this. God. It's it's not justifiable, by the way. It's it's bad opinion <laughs> in my mind. But like <laughs> this person did not like it. And I was dumbfounded when they just had like a stone face on it. Was it was Adam? Like, no. Okay. <laughs> no, just, no, it's not Adam Hurt. Just just a thought. So at, by the way, I will kudos to Adam. He did a sick cosplay for the Shore Trooper that he did at Nickel City Con with us one time. Really? That's uh, cool. he, he did a great job of that. But anyway, that's all I got on Rogue One uh, in terms of notes here. Crazy, crazy stuff. Um, who's who's your favorite character? JT, you said Chariot, right? Chariot, hands down. Tim. Galen or so. It's he's your guy. Yep. Even if he was only in it for 10 minutes, I just, I can't. can't Mads Mikkelsen has, he's got presence, man. Yeah. He just looks like a cool guy, even if he's not talking. Yep. Let me tell you. John, who's your, who's your guy or Gail? Cassian Andor. I think Cassian is super cool. Um, I will say that Cassian was one of the ones that, like, when I first saw this, I'm like, all right, that's a cool, you know, I, I get it. He's kind of like the Han Solo, but he's a little bit more bad. Like, he just ices a dude in cold blood in the first few minutes of this movie. Like, why? Guy, like, I didn't get, why did he do that? The guy's like, I'll never be able to climb this wall. Yeah. Don't worry. Don't worry. Bah! What are you doing? <laughs> just cold-blooded, man. Um, the why behind it? I mean, yeah, he, he's just like a – he's a dude Baggage. who has a – He's, he's, he's got a shady past. He's done some shit, but he like at the end of the day, he'll do anything anything for the, the rebellion and like crosses yeah. the line for sure. For he's sure. Like CIA for them, right? Yeah. Like he's going right. to do whatever it takes. He's got to get the intelligence. That's his, his thing. Right. So, but, but for me, when Cassian came through, it, it, it's it's the scene in, in the in the hangar when he's talking to talking to Jyn Erso when he said like, hey, like, yeah, you, you, you got me. I, w- I was going to kill your father, but I didn't. But I didn't. Yeah. Right. Like, so like I, I disobeyed an order. It didn't happen. And she's like, you know, I forgot what she says. Like, you'll never, you'll never talk your way out of this. He's like, I don't have to. And just walks right past her. Yeah. That he, is a very powerful sequence. Cause he also else? context to him being in the fight since he was six years old. He says, right. right. Exactly. You, you, powerful. you, you pick and choose like you, yeah. What a luxury it is to like pick and choose and be able to join this, mo- you know, join this movement right now. But like, I've been here since I was six years old. And like yeah it, yeah so yeah right. I think I think Cassian is the is the star of this for me for sure. He's he a great performance by Diego Luna. Can't wait for the series. I feel like we forget a lot about right. that. One. Hope, I think I we're going to so hear more about ago. it in, it's, in I think uh, it's going to be like spy espionage style, right? It's, it's the rumor that's out there. I just yeah, want to see I, him ice and dudes <laughs> just like in the back. It's spy espionage style. Are you guys not going to like it like you don't like Captain not not if it's half baked like Winter Soldier. Yeah, not not if it's like an elementary approach in espionage, then I won't really care about it. Oh my God, elementary approach at espionage. Oh my God, the superhero movie isn't all superhero. They do a little bit of twists and turns. It's the best. No. I hope it's a copy and paste of Captain Winter Soldier. Oh, oh. well then we'll only so like it, it a mile. It'd, it'd be fine then. Yeah, it'd be like you know. A decent okay. Movie. Be number one then, right? Be number one. Right. <laughs> number one for a lot of crazies. Uh, from, don't worry. From, from from all indications, uh, Andor is going to be a good spy thriller. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but I think I think we're going to get some word on that at the end of May at Star Wars Celebration. So that, that's one of my predictions there. Uh, Cassian's a great character. You guys all named great characters. I I feel like Darth Vader's too easy of a character for me. 
I that would probably be my pick. But I'm going to actually go with Jin Erso. I like Fel- Felicity Jones's performance in this. I think there's a lot of depth, whether it's the the rebellious nature that she's supposed to capture with joining the Rebel Alliance, uh, to her leadership, to kind of bringing that crazy band of rebels together there, even her uh, pitch to to the fighters as they're getting past the shield on Scarif, basically quoting Saw Guerrera, telling them how they can turn the tide of the battle. All of that, very, very powerful. Uh, plus, you've got the dynamic with, of course, it's Star Wars. It's family, right? She's talking about her dad there a lot, and that's a big part of why she does what she does. So uh, I think I'm going to go with Jin Erso for that. Um, don't want to hard to take your eyes off of from a, a protagonist standpoint. And you could argue there's quite a few of them in this movie in such an ensemble cast. So guys, that moment uh, for I'm sure to some degree it's it's all the Vader moment. Maybe uh, maybe it's not. To me it's it's Vader showing up whether it's at the end of the movie or even in the middle on Mustafar. Is there any other moment that kind of sticks out in your mind that you're like, "Yeah, I want I want to talk about this." Was it a quote, uh kind of a more subtle moment or maybe a cool action sequence? Anything that comes to mind? Uh, Tim I or like, JT, uh, if you want to go, the the part where he's uh, they have to get at that switch in order to be able to communicate to relay the uh, Death Star plans, and uh, when he starts walking to the console switch, what is it, cheer it? And he's like, "The force is one. I'm one with the force. The force is one with me." I just think that's absolutely awesome. Like everyone else is afraid, he's like, "You know what? It's my time." You know, he kind of had an inkling throughout the entire show, just you know. Yeah. And uh, just walk, making the walk and the slow motion. Every shot you see, you know, Stormtrooper's amazing aim there. So, <laughs> sure, you know, I love that part. So. That's a good one. I think that's kind of the call right there, right? That the he believes in the Force and the Force is protecting him. Where yeah. a guy, one of the, the Rebel troopers is like, I'm going to go. And then he gets mowed down right away. Yeah. So th- there's a lot of... It is amazing, though, there. that his, uh, his, what is his name, Baze, his yep. brother runs out there. Also, no one needs to shoot anymore. The, the, they just don't need to shoot. They let them have their moment. And then he finally decides to get up and fight again, and then everyone's ready. So a little, little odd timing, but... It's powerful, for sure. Yeah. Uh, those two and their, and their dynamic. JT, did you, did you have another moment? Yeah, I mean, it's one you mentioned, but it's uh, Fortress Vader. He chokes him. Um, it, like... And not just that happening and us seeing Vader, but at the end of it, like he just turns and smiles at Vader, like it was like like in a like in a way like it, was, uh, like Vader's playful way of saying get the job done, right? It, like it, it's such a weird thing. And normally when we see Vader choke, he's just pissed off and wants you to get the job done. But like the way he just reacts to that, he just smiles and yeah, I'm about to get this promotion or something like that. You know what I mean? So it was it was really like neat, it was cool reaction. So, Krennica might might be another choice if if I had to pick another character there. Just a really really good performance for a Star Wars villain standpoint from Ben Mendelsohn. John, we were talking about if there's a moment other than Vader, uh, which for me, I, how could it be? But is there anything that sticks out to you? Maybe you already mentioned it. Yeah, I did already mention it. it, it it's uh, it's Cassian's conversation with Jin on the hangar there. It, it, it's uh, we get so much about those two characters in that scene. We we get the uh, we we get 
the the full reveal of who who Cassian is and, and what he's willing to do and what he's done and where he's come from and and his commitment to this. Um, and we also get Jin's kind of turn there too. I think that's I think that's the point in the movie where you get Jin's turn to the Rebel Alliance. She understands what's going on here. She 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 sees his perspective. She sees what he's been through. She sees the fact that he he did actually spare her father. Right? Like of course he ended up dying anyways. But like you know he he made it he made a choice that was against the against an order but was morally right so she sees a little bit about about what this rebel alliance really is um so yeah so that that scene right there is like it's your those are your two main protagonists and that's like that's the scene that defines what they are in this movie so i think that that's my that's mine for sure yeah all great moments all around and it was a quieter moment in a a, an action-packed movie that really didn't have a, a lot of those quieter moments so uh powerful stuff for sure Ladies and gentlemen, we're, we're going to get to the end of our show here. We're going to give you the official Star Wars reviewed rankings. And uh, I'm very curious to see. I, I, we've all got different degrees of love for this movie. Uh, you know, probably not quite Force Awakens number one love, but hey, maybe I'm wrong. So yeah, let's see, so. John, I'm going to pass it over to you to talk about the current rankings and, and especially that great number one ranking that we have there. So uh, speaking of the of force, speaking of the Force Awakens being number one, unfortunately, we've got Tim Talbot himself using his his Jedi Get mind out trick, of there. his Jedi mind trick, manipulating uh, the rankings uh, to the masses. Be original. <sighs> so, so, so you so, could try to mind trick it back. I don't think no, we don't. Just you know, just shut up. Just just shut up. No. Come on. <laughs> Just Who that guy? You've you've done Say enough it. damage to this show. Uh, so you know, the, you know the 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 pictures and the memes where you're like moments before disaster strikes. Definitely, there's one with me giving a passionate speech about Force Awakens. Tim, and Tim is going like this, freaking cutting me off to not even <laughs> let me finish it. That's yes. one of them. <laughs> so if, if you're if you're not up to date here, uh, last last episode was the Force Awakens. Josiah and I put it at number one. Tim felt so passionately that we were wrong that he used his Jedi mind trick, which means he uh, he can attempt to alter the rankings. And I was here. clearly right, and he was clearly right. He put a poll up on Twitter, and everybody agreed. It was like I don't even care. The Empire Strike Back goes to number one. Force Awakens goes to two. Those are the the new official rankings. Tim uses mind trick. The people agree. That's what it is. Everything is right in the world. Let's now, not dwell so. on it. Why, why do balance is anymore. all things should be. Get out of here. Wrong franchise. Uh, John and I actually even talked about ending the series after last episode. Uh, but here we are, you know. Yeah, we could have canceled it and just left it at number one. But yeah. Oh, Tim, it's so weird. We uh, ended the podcast. We're not doing a, a review anymore. Listen, we, I'll uh, just say this. I forgot my Discord password. <laughs> yeah, 30, well. <laughs> that actually happened. Uh, 32% <laughs> of the poll users were very brave. Even though their names were not there, and they, they were said probably the right, you three because right you never shared the stupid post. We didn't share the post. That was our strategy. Our <laughs> we strategy didn't was share like the campaign. No, we're like just keep this on the. Don't let anybody know we're having this conversation right now. We've been yeah. canceled. No, yeah. <clears throat> oh, so. Damn it, Josh! Damn it, Josh! Josh thank you for admitting your wrong mistakes. <laughs> it would have been way worse if he like changed Lost. the vote. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, if it was if it was like four yeah forty nine fifty one. I would have lost my mind because <laughs> I told Josh, I told Josh <laughs> help us out here. Okay, so for the for, <laughs> wrong one. All right, so the new official rankings we've got uh, number one, The Empire Strikes Back. Number two, The Force Awakens. Number three, A New Hope. Number four, Revenge of the Sith. Number five, Return of the Jedi. Number six, Attack of the Clones. Seven, The Phantom Menace. 
already controversial rankings. We're going to get a lot of flack regardless. It's going to keep going. It's about to turn up next week. I'm going to tell you right now. It's going to get worse and worse. Um, Where should we start with Rogue One? Um, I am going to be brave enough to put it ahead of the bottom two prequels. I think that it's fair to say we all like this movie better than Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, right? Yeah. Want to start there? Is that fair? I'm good with that. All right. Let's start voting. Who thinks it's better than Return of the Jedi? Who thinks that? Josiah does. Clean sweep. We all do. Clean sweep. We all all think so. Uh, What about Revenge of the Sith? Oh. Josiah, <laughs> classic Josiah. Get him out of here. You know what? He's afraid to commit. He's afraid. He's afraid to make a real, real decision. And for once in your life, make a real decision. Ah, oh, just be, just be a man. Just be, a, make a real decision. Oh, there he is. Uh, hey, anyway. right. <laughs> All right. So we've got it above Jedi. Who thinks it belongs above Revenge of the Sith? Show me a hand. JT, is your hand up? I can't tell. No? It is? So for reference, we're we're all cropped basically to our faces, so hands kinda hands kinda gotta be right in front of your faces. So we are all of us, right? All of us. All of us. So we all we all we all go a little bit though. I'm a big and I think Joe's on the same page. I'm a revenge apologist. So there's nothing to apologize for. It's a great movie. No, I, I'm with you, JT. Uh, oh, I'm talking about the overall masses, right? But. D- despite my my love for that movie, Rogue One is my definitive. Yeah, up above it. Yeah, I'm for with sure. It. All right, uh, a New Hope, the original, Star Wars itself. Who thinks Rogue One is better than a New Hope? JT does. I do, and that's it. Ooh. No, I'm definitely yeah, there. Let's go. Oh, I'm going to go for it. Whoa, oh, come on. Look at all the suspense. Now it's out. Now he just wants to be like us. Wow. <laughs> no, no, I really, I've been back and forth on it, and I feel like it complemented so well. It's Edit. just more, it's just, I just can't, I just, I do love it, but. <laughs> Josh. Oh, no. Okay, never mind. Uh, all right. So we're, this is where it gets tricky. Tricky, tricky, tricky. Who thinks? That Rogue One is better oh, than... Hang on, hang on. JT has a question. Yeah, which okay. question, JT? JT? Oh, you just... You just, just pre- let us know. Wait, no, no, hang on. He's frozen. Okay, I, oh, yeah. I know. Got I it. know what that's like. That makes yeah. sense. That makes sense. Okay. It's, it's, let, better, let, it's let, better in Force Awakens. Sorry, continue. Who thinks that Star Wars... I'm sorry. Rogue One, a Star Wars story, is better than Star Wars Episode Seven, The Force Awakens? And then there was one. I, you might say that this is solo, a Star Wars story. <laughs> JT, you're you're alone there, my friend. I think you're alone there. JT thinks that Rogue One oh, is oh oh, but it, oh, it's gonna destroy the polls. Oh, it might. I'm you're right. Gonna... You're right. You're right. I'm hey, that's I'm that. Right. 100%. So let, let's clarify. Let, let's 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 yeah. put things on the table I here. I just love that the Force Awakens is going to go down one more. That's fine. Let's put things I on the table here. I don't know about that. I, I think you're going to get a way closer poll than you're thinking here. of Rogue One, though. They romanticize it for sure. It was trending on Twitter the other day. All right. Let's, let's define <laughs> this. <laughs> let's, let's, let's lay this out here. All right. So the I'm official ranking... The official ranking right now 
that we have all agreed upon besides JT is that Rogue One lands at three. So myself, Josiah, and Tim do not think Rogue One is better than The Force Awakens, so it sits there at three in the current rankings. JT, you use what is called a Jedi mind trick. Jedi mind trick, right? Am I right? Yeah. Confirmed? Okay. So a Jedi mind trick is when you feel these rankings aren't right. You want, you want to change them in some way. So what you can do, you can use a Jedi mind trick. We all get three of them, two of them. What was the decision on that? We said two, two right? Two. 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 So two. We get two because it's only 11 movies. So we all get two Jedi mind tricks. And what you can do is take two movies that are touching in the rankings and you can try to get them flipped. So just by using that Jedi mind trick, you don't get it flipped immediately. You got to put a poll on Twitter. So uh, twitter.com uh, at the underscore Geekiverse. You can vote. This will be up the same day the podcast goes live. It'll be up for three days. It'll be simple. Which is the better movie? The Force Awakens, Rogue One. If if JT can get Rogue One to get more votes in The Force Awakens, then his mind trick was successful. And we will it will hop it in the rankings, as you just saw earlier. As you just saw earlier. I don't think it'll be a blowout either way. And I'm I'm good with either. I, I, I really put it up above a new hope for me. I would yeah. I would probably I just, put my I'll probably put my money on uh on you winning this to be honest. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think I do too, but I I honestly wouldn't really be upset. Either way, uh, it's it fine. Yeah. yeah. I I I, I just I think it's just it's better. I think I, that I think that the way that the the rest of the sequel trilogy has panned out uh, we have seen yeah. more people sour on The Force Awakens. John, you are spot on because people will not separate Force Awakens as a standalone movie. They'll see it as a trilogy. Yep. And in general, th- I, that's totally unfair, but that's how I think it's going to go. It's, it's going to go that way for yeah. sure. Uh, we, we, we already see that. Perception or literally, because I, I mean, you could, li- if you want to stay in the poll, like standalone, like specifically. No, no, no. It, it is what it is. It, in face, face value. It's face value. Right. You read these. Read well, these, I feel like. Uh, that you also got to think though that the reason a rogue one is so good is because it builds on what a new hope is for sure but you're, which you're, is i feel like a double-edged sword you know what i mean no no i agree i'm just saying as a standalone movie how would you rank uh, so, a new hope if you never or a rogue one if you never saw a new hope right my thinking and i think your guys is thinking as to why it probably takes over the force awakens is, right i mean the original trilogy in general right by there tim just won the poll keeping or did you move it up you moved it up because no, no. you guys had that one right we had it at one so he, was one yeah he, he, he dropped more to, to go up yeah okay so i mean you know the rogue one connects to the original trilogy man people love that so for sure for I'm sure i'm so glad I, joe thought of that good idea to do the i hate this show i hate all these people i hate everything about what i do here i don't know why i keep doing this i do so this, much work i hate that's, it that's, that's, really that's really not fun because I, I obviously i wasn't on an episode for empire I'm not a fan of Empire being one. Oh my gosh, Joe. Interesting. John, JT. Not, <laughs> Joe, John, JT. You are. He went through I don't know, know your name anymore. I mean, Which is funny to me, John though, was is that he, me, right? he likes a, the, a Rogue One a lot, but he just said prior that he leans towards more having people that are Force users. There's literally one Jedi in this, or Sith Lord in this Zero Jedi entire movie. movie. Zero no Jedi. Jedi. And I, no. I, I'll say this. I don't think it's number one because we haven't watched another. I'll put it that way. Okay. All right. We should watch another movie yet. I got to save my Jedi mind trick for a good one because I am. Oh, so, um, yeah. I can't wait for some sort of technicality to result in JT somehow getting five extra Jedi mind tricks. <laughs> <laughs> wait. 
I'm gonna get. I'm gonna see a notification that you guys are live. Star Wars reboot, and I'm not gonna know that anyone's recording, so I can't use my Jedi mind trick. Like accidentally, <laughs> like, you're busy. We spelled wrong or something. I don't know. Yeah. There's gonna be something where we're like, oh, we gotta redo it. You know, like, gosh. Well, all I'm saying is, if the next three episodes are just me and Josiah, don't be surprised. <laughs> all right, I like the idea of that. That's good. Um, yeah, maybe Elon can help us out there. That'd be great. You've reset all polls. I love it. <laughs> oh, we can finally get Guardians where it belongs. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot wrong with what's happening right now with our our polls. I'll tell you that. But hey, it is what it is, and the people have spoken, even if they have spoken incorrectly. So, ladies and gentlemen, go to Twitter, cast your vote. You can get right with yourself if you're brave enough in your heart, Galen or so. Go do it. Uh, Lots of fun tonight talking about Rogue One here on Star Wars Reviewed. John, let's wrap things up. Where can people find you on social media? And if people like, um, I don't know, Star Wars, they like TikTok, what should they check out? Uh, so you can find me on all social medias at Disruptoid right here. Beautiful. Check it. Oh, it's, it's backwards for the people watching at home. Uh, but you can just imagine that it says Disruptoid. Um, if you like if you like TikTok and you like Star Wars, please follow us because we're doing a lot of fun stuff over on uh, TikTok.com slash the Geekiverse. Um we're doing we're doing cool stuff. We we've got some uh, guests the Star Wars characters. We've got about like seven or eight episodes up right now, but we've got about like twenty banked. So we're gonna have more coming out. Uh, people seem to like them. We're having fun with them. Every time we meet up, we're gonna record different stuff like that, like guess the Star Wars character, guess the MCU character. Who knows where we go next with it, but it, it's been cool. So follow us on TikTok. It's been a blasty blast. Um, and, you know, keep watching this show with for some terrible Star Wars opinions. That is for sure. The takes that are as cold as carbonite. Uh, Tim, where can people find you on social media? And what are you up to these days in, uh, in the world of gaming? At Tim Tells. And uh, I just beat Elden Ring not too long ago. And then I started playing Tunic, beat Tunic. And now I really don't know what to play yet. So I've been playing a little bit of Val and... <laughs> Um, but yeah, I play. Actually, been playing Returnal. That's the game I've been uh, diving back into. Been trying to get warmed up for when one of these three gentlemen get it on uh, the uh, PS Plus. So I have it. I own it. I bought Returnal day one. I played a ton of and it. I just it, haven't. You know, just you just, just don't want to play with me. I, no, it's, I get it. I, I'll, yeah, I'll play with you. It's just you know I didn't. I didn't oh, commit to the whole game. He wants to play with you. He doesn't want to play with your opinions. Okay. Yeah. There it is. We'll the opinion there it is. So, uh, Tim, if you're ready for a real challenge, uh, you should play Lego Star Wars. <laughs> I will. Once I finish the movies, I am going totally going to. I don't want to get spoilers. Fair That'll enough. be what does. You can play the me. first eight, which <laughs> would be great. Are they going to do a, are the they gonna nod? Are they going to do a spoiler nod like at the beginning? Like, oh, I, I'm I through Force so. Awakens. It hasn't happened yet. Okay, uh, that's fair. For what it's worth, but anyway, JT, same question. Social media. What's going on in the world of gaming uh, for you? Just, just I head over to the the Geekiverse pages. Don't worry about my my hot takes on my Twitter and Facebook. You guys don't want to see that. Yeah, I, I can tell you, it is not worth it. It is not, it is not <laughs> worth it. Some if it's related to Guardians of the Galaxy or Star Wars or food, definitely not food. All that stuff. You guys only want to know my opinions. Uh, um, yeah, head over to Geekiverse's YouTube. Like Oh, that carrot cake, <laughs> cake is trash. Let's just stop it. Carrot stop cake is it. So good. Stop let's it. do a poll. Let's just oh not even God, do that. <laughs> Don't, let's not embarrass JT. No, no, no. We'll I'll put anything against carrot cake and it wins. Anything. Wait, what? Anything. You want to pull a desserts and put carrot cake against what? I guarantee. Just, I, I, no, no. Just do you like carrot cake? Yes or no? Oh, oh, oh. I don't think that wins. Carrot cake's not popular. 
I, I, dude, I, I, think, I think that you're like incredibly skewed on your opinions with your, with food. <laughs> I think it's so bad. Yeah, I think I think I think you're I think you're a little far off the deep end than you than you even realize Guys, with food opinions, dude. Post the poll. Post the poll. Post the poll. I don't care. Post the poll. So, so let's. What is great is John has been passionate about a lot of uh, Star Wars ranking opinions, MC ranking opinions, especially in the last few minutes. But if I ever saw the Force Awakened in him, it was when you talked about carrot cake. Let me oh, tell you, I never showed I never showed JT that clip. That was pretty. <laughs> oh, sorry. Let's let's do that. I, I want to know what that's about. But as far as gaming, I have been playing the Star Wars Lego as well. Yes, um, and I need to get my next endeavor. I need. Well, I got to do um, Horizon, the sequel, and I need to do or Forbidden West, right? And then I need to do uh, Miles Morales. Though I still haven't played it. Dude, you haven't played the best Spider-Man game yet. Everything. I think that's one game I need to borrow from you. I, I'm pretty sure we're supposed to borrow like four or five games. Yeah. You know what? Not let's. For me. let's we got to go through all our texts, our, yeah, know, digital, <laughs> digital over here, and find out everything we owe each other. Because I got some stuff on the charity. There's the word <laughs> "borrow," and then whatever pops up. Yeah, there yeah, you go. literally. Sure. I've, uh, I'm saying you can borrow, you can borrow, you can borrow, because he has everything. Yeah. So, so yeah, uh, remind me before Thursday. Well, I'll bring a few of those for sure. Oh, yeah, uh, so I can rock it out. We've been talking about video games here. If you like video games, you want to check out our weekly all gaming podcast. Uh, we film it. Uh, or we stream it, excuse me, live right on Twitch. And that is called Busy Sticks. Uh, so John and I uh, enjoy talking about that every week. And also, we like beer. So we incorporate some beer into it. Uh, get involved with that. Again, that's Busy Sticks. <laughs> Thank you, John, for that. Uh, I, you can find me on social media at I am Brosaya. Uh, usually talking about the Sabres these days. Hockey's been fun again in Western New York. Mm-hmm. So good times ahead there, I think. Um, guys, our friends over at 26 Shirts. Have you heard of 26 Shirts? I don't think I've ever mentioned them on the show. 26shirts.com. Go check them out. What do they do? They sell really, really nice, awesome Western New York themed merchandise, Buffalo Bills themed merchandise, Sabres. Oh, and also a shirt that Tim Talbot is wearing right there. That's our Buffalo Ooh, Venom t-shirt. Never heard of them. Never heard of them. Well, get in the notes. 26shirts.com. What do they do? They sell that merchandise and a good portion of every sale goes to a person, a family, or a charity. Guys. I don't know if you know this. They just crossed a big threshold, a big milestone. $1.4 million raised. That has gone directly to these individuals, families, and charities. So round of applause wherever you are for our friends Del Reed and the rest of 26 Shirts. Again, 26shirts.com. Doing good for a lot of people who really, really need it. Twitch.tv slash The Geekiverse. If you like watching live content, go watch all of our episodes in review at YouTube.com slash The Geekiverse. Listen on podcast services around the globe. And of course, for some more Star Wars reviewed, and we've got some MCU reviewed coming up, hopefully in the coming weeks. We just finished Endgame, so we're going to be on to the the second Spider-Man movie, not the most recent one, uh, which is Far From Home. Check that out. Keep it locked to TheGeekiverse.com for everything geeky. For Tim, for JT, for John, I'm Josiah. Thanks for tuning in tonight. May the force be with you. Have a great night.